Welcome to the Platform Podcast. On this show, we're trying to educate you about the American college system. We're going to be having college coaches and student athletes joining us, talking about the experiences in America, and hopefully by the end of the show, you would have taken away some amazing information. Enjoy. Welcome, guys, back to the first interview of 2022. It has been a minute. It's been a while since we... We had someone on a chat and I've got my brother here, a very close friend of mine, who's now joined the platform team. Ali, how are you, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. I'm very blessed and lucky to be part of platform. Thanks for having me on. Oh, nah, bro. The, 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 the pleasure is all mine, man. So, you know, I thought it'd be good to bring you on here uh, today, Ali. There's a lot of people that ask me questions on our Instagram page, you know, people that need advice about going to the States. And these are from different sports, right? It's not tennis specific. Uh, I get soccer players asking me questions. And I thought it'd be good to bring you on board. I mean, as most people know, that's been following our social media. You were a college coach for over 10 years in the college system. Now you've completely changed on the other end of the recruiting process where you're convincing coaches to sign athletes, which is great. It's quite funny me thinking about that because I know that you signed one of my boys uh, from Japan at, at, at a Division One school, and now you're yeah. athletes with me. So I'm excited to have you here, man. I mean, I think it's uh, it's great. I'm very very happy. Uh, college college tennis is really fun. College athletics is fun. It's a blast, man. Um, it is a lot of work. I think the one thing that the students need to understand is. The work that they have to put in is a lot with academics, with athletics, and then what the coaches do behind closed doors that the athletes don't see. It's tremendous amount of work. Uh, my hat goes off to any college coaches in any sports that do that and also have a family that they take care of. Right. I mean, I was <laughs> no wife, no kids. So I found it easy, but the ones that have a family and kids that have to, you know, have that work-life balance um it's a lot of work so hats off to those guys for sure oh absolutely it's it's a it's not a nine to five job is it <laughs> I seven. you know how many times i've messaged you at one in the morning two in the morning so you, you know the, the saying goes you put your phone down and you're losing so you got to be recruiting 24 7 i remember when i was with you when was it 2019 we we're in australia together and yeah 2019 we, we were, at, we were with the guys at the Lifetime Tennis Academy in Brisbane and we, we were doing that college talk and you're looking at a few recruits as well when you had two phones on you. And I was like, why have you got two phones on you? And you're like, one's for recruiting, one's for my like personal life. Yeah, you have to, man. It's just, uh, it's just the nature of the game. Yeah, no, I just, I just got the one phone, man. Platform <laughs> and personal. I don't have many friends, so no, no, I'm just kidding, but it's, uh, it's good to have. But um, look, we posted on our Instagram over the last 48 hours and I just put like a, you know, that question thing that you can put in your stories. And yeah. I just said, look, I'm talking to you, uh, a former college coach, a ton of experience. We've got a lot of very close friends that coach in other sports as well in the college system. Um, and I said, this is an opportunity for you to give me questions to ask Ali. And they have. So to my right, you can't see it, but I've got a whiteboard. I'm very organized today, man. I've got these pens. I love it. Different colored pens, color coordinators. that. And um, we've got a bunch of questions. I guess the first thing is, as a college coach, right, you must get emails from people like myself, like recruitment agents, which you are now. Um, and, you know, you must get emails from kids directly, maybe some parents, maybe some coaches from sports academies being, hey, check out this guy that we've got in our academy. 
what stands out for you, man? What is something that's stood out from the page? You're like, yep, this kid actually want to invest my time and have a look at him. Working with agencies, I'll be honest, there was a few agents and agencies that uh, we worked with really, really well because we trusted them and we had those relationships. And there were a lot of agencies where we got the emails and we just either didn't respond or just, you know, hey, we don't think this athlete's good for us. Um, so for us, it was relationships were very important. So we had built relationships with some, again, agents and not even the company itself, but agents in general that I knew if they had emailed me about a player, um, it was almost, uh, I have to get this player no matter what, you know, get him here. Let's make sure the finances work. So that was number one. When a kid reached out and there was no agency, obviously there's a little bit more research and homework for us to do, but we, you know, we had kind of like the two red flag system. If there was two red flags, we were automatically out. So the first thing we do besides looking at like UTR and GPA is social media. You know, that tells us more about a student athlete than anything else. So we look at a social media and, you know, you see a kid with maybe alcohol in their hand or the red cup and they're out drinking a little too much. You already know, like, that's not going to be the kid for you. So we do a lot of research and at the school that we were at, they did background uh, searches. So as soon as you sign your scholarship, they did a background search and then they would say, hey, this is a player for you or this is not a player for you. Um, we were lucky that we had recruited a lot of good student athletes where we never had to sign a player and then say, hey, you're not the right player for us. But we know in different sports at that school, it happened where they had signed players and then the background search came and said, hey, because of this and this, we don't want this person at the school. So again, I think it just differs for a lot of coaches, but being a proper student athlete, being a good leader, being someone that we can, I mean, it's four years. So we got to trust that you're going to do well for us for four years on and off the court. It's very, very important. And I think that goes on both sides of the process. You know, you've got coaches that do their due diligence and really do their background checks, find out about them, punch them in and Google. You never know what could come up. And then on our end, like when we're signing athletes to represent, we also do background checks as well. I mean, we had a, a college coach ask me about a particular player for soccer. And uh, one of my good friends in New Zealand, his name's Chris Zorichit. He's a former all-white captain, coach, you know, in the New Zealand side and that sort of thing. And I trust his opinion. And so I would ask Chris, I'd say, hey, man, look, I trust you. I know you coach soccer players in New Zealand. Have you heard of this guy? What do you think? And if our background checks are sweet, then we, we provide the good feedback to the coaches. And even if they want to come work with our company, I mean, I mean I've spoken to you, Ali, in the past about some situations where, you know, some athletes have asked us for help, but, you know, we, we, we know about their past and things that they've done. And as a coach, you know, you're not just signing a deal, you're investing hundreds and thousands of dollars in scholarship aid. And the worst thing is if the athlete goes there and misbehaves because then it's our relationship with the coach and then also other athletes that we could potentially work with in the past might be tainted a little bit in a bad way. So we don't want that to happen as well. So we've got to be very careful, but we encourage parents as well and athletes that are listening to this to do your background checks when you're looking at agencies. The amount of times that we get messages from people saying, hey, Amrit, we've paid money to another agency, but we want to jump ship and come on with you. Uh, we can't afford to pay your fee because we've paid money to another agency. Anything you can do, it happens so often. And it's basically because you're not educating yourself about that particular agency. So I'm not going to name any. As I mentioned in my Instagram, I'm not in the business of talking about any other companies, but 
If you are looking at an agency, definitely talk to parents or other athletes that have used that agency recently. Yeah, that's great advice. And look at the transfer ratio for those agencies. You know, sometimes obviously kids have plans where they come in and, hey, I want to go to a JUCO or a small D2 NAIA and then transfer out. But there were a lot of agencies where we stayed away from because we knew that they were going to send a kid there. It wasn't going to work. And, and they had to transfer out. There was a agency out of a country in Europe where we always knew they sent the kids to the highest ranked team. And we would always recruit the transfers out of those schools because we knew they were going to go there for a year or two, not be happy and then get the kid. So I always put in a lot of legwork with the kid when they were trying to go to their first school, knowing that I was going to be able to get them on the backside, which is so but backwards to think, but I had to do that. So I was still in the recruiting game when the kid wanted to transfer out and it worked out for us twice. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think like from our end, I mean, moving into the topic now of agencies and, you know, talking to schools in America, it's really important that when you work with someone like a recruitment agency like us, it's realistic. It has to be realistic. Like, as a, as a, there's some agencies that I know that oversell athletes. I know I've heard of stories where soccer coaches have told me that they'll sped up the pace that they're running at in the videos and then they get there and they're super slow. These things do happen. And the worst thing you can do is get an agent to oversell you. Obviously, they're meant to convince the coach, you know, your potential could be amazing and all that sort of stuff, which is what everyone does. But if they completely oversell you, and you decide to go to that university and you don't get minutes and you don't get playing time, whether it's water polo track or anything, and you're not competing, and then you transfer. Ali, if I came to you and you're a college coach and said, I've got a transfer and you say, oh, show me, a show me their resume. And I said, oh, they don't have one. They haven't been competing at all. Isn't that a red flag for you? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to have to have results and you're going to have to win to earn a spot in whatever sport it is. And as a coach, that's our goal too, right? When we're in college, we're trying to bring in the best players, especially on the men's side for the best scholarship we can get them in and win as much as we can and have the highest ranking. So it, it works both ways. You know, you just, as a student athlete, you really have to understand when you're going through this process that you choose the best program for you. Of course, different student athletes have different goals. There are some ones that, hey, I just want to be there for, you know, the four years and enjoy being on a great team and, and a great location, whether I play every minute or if I play a couple minutes here and there, it doesn't matter. I just want to enjoy that. I was never one of those. I needed to compete all the time, whether it was as a player or as a coach, I had to be in that competition with all the time. So I think that's what I've always enjoyed working with you is I knew what players you were sending and if you told me hey they wanted the experience or if they wanted you know the minutes I was getting that and I think that's so important for us to keep doing that the same way is making sure what you know our players want and making sure we get exactly what they want and putting them in the best situation for them to be successful. Let's talk about a little bit into the pillars of college recruitment like the different aspects that people should look at. I always say that there's four things. There's location, cost, academics of the sporting program, and each athlete weighs those up differently. There's people that don't care about the scholarship, just want to go to the best location and have the best experience. There's others that don't care about location, want to be with the best sporting coach. Some say, 
I don't care about location. I don't care about sport. I just want to be at the best academic institution. I mean, we had a guy from Lebanon, um, great tennis player, had a D1 deal, ready to go, and decided not to pursue that and go to John Hopkins University Division Three because his focus was academics. And as we all know, John Hopkins is one of the top academic institutions in the world, not just America. The medical, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so there's different goals and things. And I feel like athletes where they go wrong is that they have to be super realistic with those goals as well, especially with the finances. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I obviously probably a little bit biased because I used to coach junior college, but I think it's such a great tool that a lot of athletes and parents don't use knowing that you can go to a junior college for two years, pay probably way less still get the same education your first two years, you know, the prerequisites, the classes you take, um, to be honest with you, whether you're at Stanford or you're at, you know, whatever community college, two plus two is four. They're going to English 101 is going to be the same. It's where you graduate from, where you get that paper from at the end that is, you know, valuable. And, you know, you can go to a junior college, you can go to a smaller D2 or D1 and then transfer and be at the program you want and develop the right way. So, you know, I think it's just so important, again, having the right group helping you and, you know, the right agency, whoever you're hiring or whoever's giving you advice that gets you in the situation that you're going to be the most successful and you're going to get what you want. Um, again, we work with so many agencies that that didn't happen. So when I decided to come over and work with you, that was the most important thing to me. I know you had always done it the right way when you started was to do it this way, keep doing it the right way keep getting the players where they want to be, where they're going to be the most successful. And in four or five years, you're going to get those messages. Hey man, best experience ever. Can't thank you enough for putting me here. It was a blast. That to me is the most important part of it. You need to have a clear game plan before, before you start talking to coaches. And so what we do is when we, cause we prepare place and protect athletes. When we sign athletes up and we say, okay, let's start building your CV and we build the resume before we go into phase two, which is networking. You were like, okay, let's get you on the phone uh, with us and another team member. So whether it's a swimmer, you know, we've got Natasha Lloyd, she's fantastic, competed at Auburn, placed probably about eight division one athletes in the last eight months into, uh, you know, very strong programs. And then we've got you, Ali. I know this morning you spoke to one of our tennis athletes. Um, she wants to go this August, which is fantastic. And you got on the phone and you said, what's the most important thing to you? And that's yeah. the question that you got to ask yourself, right? Yeah, I asked her, I was like, hey, give me your top three most important things. And I told her, I was like, I don't care if it's as silly as I want to be at a school where they wear the color purple or pink, you know, or they're Nike or Adidas. Uh, me, I need to know what's important. And that same, you know, with you and what we're doing at Platform, I should say we now, not me. We really need to understand what's the most important part of what they're looking for. And after speaking to her and understanding what she wanted, there was already two schools in mind and one that just had, you know, checked every mark. So I was like, look, before we go any further, before we even talk finances and what works for you, what doesn't, let me have you talk to this coach in this school and see if it's something you want and something that makes sense and then go from there. And I think that is something that I've always respected with you. You didn't mass email a thousand schools and a thousand coaches and that was one of the biggest reasons I joined Platform and wanted to team up with you was to keep doing this the right way, to keep it small and keep it valuable for the players and the students. 
So they're not over, overwhelmed with having to answer to 10, 15 coaches and not knowing where these schools are and where the locations are, that we do so much of the due diligence and the homework prior. So when we put them in front of one or two or three coaches, that they know one of those three is most likely going to work out. I guess people, when they're paying a recruitment agency, they're paying for transparency, right? They're sending their child to the other side of the world. They want to know who the coach is, what the environment's like. And I tell a lot of parents, I say, the college process is like trying to buy a house. There's a lot of real estate websites you can go to. There's not going to be one like house that's posting crappy photos off their, off their place, right? They're not going to post a bad photo. They're going to have the blue sky out. They're going to have you know people smiling, walking by, that sort of thing. Same with college. When you're looking at college websites, the facilities look amazing compared to the resources that we have here. You know, the gyms, the physios, the recovery rooms looks incredible. The stands that they sell out. But what I want to know is who are the coaches? What are they like? How do they act off camera when they're not trying to recruit athletes? Because Ali, as me and you know, there's some great coaches, but there are some horrendous coaches that we are not going to target anymore. Um, there are now they're, they're more they're more bad coaches than they're good coaches, and that's the scary part of the game. Totally, that totally. there are more bad coaches than good coaches, and that's just in all the sports, not just one of them. Um, that's why you hear all those horror stories, and that's why it's so hard to you know for someone that's not with an agency to find the right place and the right program. So you, you just, it's tough. It's tough without an agency nowadays. Like I remember when I was going to school and I was trying to find a university, there was no agencies. There was no YouTube. There was no putting videos. I had to trust what my coach said. And he said, Hey, if this is the school you're going to go there, this is how much you're going to pay. That's what we did. You know? So we're in a, different age now. And man, I finished high school in 2005. So not too many years ago, but we're in an age now that with the internet and the social media and the agencies, it's, you can do it the right way. Obviously you have to pay a little bit of money, but you can do it the right way and get it to a place where your kids are going to be so happy and it's going to be the best experience. Um, I still talk to so many of my former Mesa kids that stayed in Arizona. I love Arizona and are never going back to their countries because their experience here was good and they love being a part of this program and they went to other universities in different states and moved back to just live in Arizona. So that to me is so cool to see. That's amazing. That's what it's about, putting them in safe environments where they're happy and maintaining those relationships. I mean, I just messaged a parent the other day. I'm planning to go to Wellington. I'm in Auckland right now. So it's about a 50 minute flight for those that are not from New Zealand that are listening to this. And um, one of the parents said, when are you coming to Wellington next, mate? Their son's already in college. And yeah. I said, I'm coming back in a couple of weeks. I've got a, well, three weeks actually after I move into my house. And he goes, when you come back, we've got to go out for a beer. I'd love to catch up with you. And that's what I love about this job is that you stay connected with these families. You get to catch up with them and you get to see the improvements and the developments of these athletes in the States. I mean, I had, a, I think I've never cried before with an athlete, but I cried one time. And so Ayana is from Fiji at the ITF training house and she ended up going to Alabama A&M, a division one school, which is cool. Now going through the ITF training program, it's where they take the best players from different parts of the Pacific Islands and they bring them all together to one in one venue. Now this ITF, like the ITF has got a lot of money as we both know, uh, which is an international tennis federation, but this training house in Fiji was literally a two-story house and people, there'd be like maybe six people in one room in a small room and it's like 30, 35 degrees heat. 
uh, at all times. They're walking to the tennis courts. They train next to a sugarcane factory. Sometimes they've got to stop training because all the smoke blows onto the court. There's cracks all over the court. I saw this girl. I went to this house in Fiji back in 2018, and she was studying in the corner by herself. And I walked up and I said, what are you doing? And she said, I'm, I'm studying for my SATs. I said, oh, you want to go to college? She said, yeah, I do. I really want to go to college one day and just uh, you know provide back for my family. And I said, oh, that's awesome. So we cut a deal with the ITF. They, they contracted me uh, to help um, Ayana to get a deal in the state. So she went to Alabama A&M and then she graduated at the top of her class. And she called me and she sat, she was crying and my, my heart was going. I was like, what's happened? Like, has she had a falling out with the coach? What's going on? She goes, Amra, as you know, I'm about to graduate. I just got told that I graduated the top GPA out of all people in my class in the entire university. And that's not the only thing. I also got a Forbes Fortune 250 job. Like I've made my dream. Thank you so much. And I was just like, I like hung up the phone and I got emotional. I was like, sheesh, like if I didn't arrive there that day, I could have helped her. And for me, that's what I love. That's what I love about this job. And like, we don't need to put in our contracts that we're going to look after athletes till they graduate. But we do for these reasons. We want to make sure that they'll find the whole four years when they're in the States. Um, so that's what we love doing. And I mean, even when, you know, we had an athlete with you, Ali, you know, well, I was on the phone to you, I think more when he was there. <laughs> yeah. Before, oh, man. Before he arrives. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> Two in the morning? <laughs> One in the morning? Yeah, I think, I, I think, you know, but I think it's because we cared so much. Yeah. Uh, me, you, and even uh, his old coach, Dash Canal at uh, TJC, I spoke to you guys so much about trying to, you know, it, it took him a while to get settled in and get things rolling the right way. So, man, I was on the phone with you three, four times a day almost. I feel like I... Poor Dash, I call him almost two, three times a week. The guy's not even on his team. And I'm like, Dash, I need help. How do we get this situated? And, you know, um, I'm lucky that you guys kept on answering and kept on helping this kid who, yeah. for you, wasn't even part of platform anymore. And for Dash, that already graduated and transferred. It was at another program. So I think it's those relationships, obviously, right? And it worked out and the guy got settled in and started playing some really great tennis. For sure. And look, there's a lot of risks that can happen in college. You know, we, we, we've helped athletes in college for good and bad reasons. Like our services roll on until they graduate. So we've had to intervene for both good and bad reasons. A bad reason is a coach, you know, it's a year contract. The coach had promised us more money and didn't fulfill his obligation, um, completely lied about it. We had it all written down, but there's nothing we could do. And so we had to find, we had to transfer him which is quite, I guess, a normal thing these days in college. Um, but then also the bad reasons why I have to step in is maybe our athletes have made some mistakes. Um, you know, the drinking age is 21. My girls are all amazing. It's my boys that, you know, like, like to cut loose a little bit. And so I have to step in and, and, and fix it. And I've done that and I love it because no parent should get a phone call from the coach saying they're unhappy. Um, they just call me and I deal with it. That's why I'm going gray, man. <laughs> yeah, I told you I would have got a haircut before I get 15 years younger. <laughs> Absolutely, cool. I've got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep ticking off stuff I've got written here on my whiteboard. Yeah, go ahead. I I think that when me and you talk, we tend to go off the tangent. A little off topic, I know. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. Good grades versus bad grades, because I get messages on my Instagram every single day. I'm like, what GPA do I need to get? And I'm like, look, you just need to get the best GPA possible. Like, yeah. What? And I say, I'm going to bring you on here. 
and ask you. <laughs> I want to be honest with you on the guy side, especially because there's so much less scholarship on the men's side than there is on the women's side. And that's because of title nine and football. Um, you have to have to have like a 3.0 or 3.5. If you have a 3.5, it makes our job, your job so much easier. Um, and that's like, when I was at Juco, I told the guys it was 3.5. We had a mandatory 3.5 when I was coaching Juco. If they didn't have a 3.5, they had mandatory four hours of study. hall. So that's what it was so important for me was like, I knew the game, 3.5, good, good UTR. You're going to go to a good place and pay the budget you're looking for. You get below 3.5, 3.0 gets a little bit tougher. You're below 3.0 on the men's side, good luck trying to get the scholarship that you want. It's me and you are going to have to be turning over every single rock to get that program that they're looking for in their budget. Um, and it's on the women's side as well, because now that they get the cost of attendance, we had girls that came to the universities that I was at just on academic scholarships. And it made the program better because now they had another full ride to give to another girl. And um, it's just academics is so, 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 so important before you go to university. And even so more when you get to that university, like you said, your girl from Fiji to graduate with the highest GPA and the best grades, you're going to get the best opportunities and the best jobs coming out. I had a kid that played for me at Mesa Community College, ended up going to Grand Canyon just to study because he loved Arizona, didn't even want to play tennis. He got a better scholarship and he was a heck of a tennis player. He got a bigger, bigger scholarship for academics than he did for tennis. And now he's working for Charles Schwab, which is a big, big firm here in the States. And he's doing financial advising. They're paying for his visa. So he's doing a two-year uh, program with them where they pay and help get his visa. He's going to end up being a U.S. citizen. He's going to end up living here. He's got a girlfriend that he loves. And it's just because he did so well in his junior college program. He had, I think, a 3.7 or 3.8, and he transferred in-state, got in-state tuition, got a big academic scholarship, graduated, you know, with an incredible degree from Grand Canyon, lives in Arizona. Mom and dad just came and visited him this last week. They are so happy that their son is so happy. So it's so important, you know, again, it's just do the best you can do. But if you can hit that 3.5 mark to me, I think it's so much easier for us to be able to get them the best program with the lowest amount that they have to pay. Absolutely. So just to recap what Ali said, just to conclude all of that, if you're a girl, there's a lot more scholarships available for you. So there's a bit more flexibility there with your budget. Budget is like the amount that you have to pay after the scholarship's been applied. So if the school costs 40 grand covering everything, which is tuition, accommodation on your meals, um, and sporting expenses, uh, the girls might be able to get away with a full scholarship. A guy might have to pay something. And what Ali's saying is that if you've got a 3.0 or higher, which is on a scale from zero to four, um, so you're, you're like an A minus, A, A plus sort of student, um, you could walk away with some academic scholarship because what will happen is a sport coach might give you a 50% deal. Obviously, it varies based on your sporting CV in high school, if you play for the country or not. But if you haven't got that amazing sporting CV, um, you need to have high grades to have a good balance there because they can stack sport money and academic money. Um, if you have a 3.0 or lower, you're going to get your checkbook out a little bit more because you won't be able to get any academic scholarship. So if the coach gives you a 50 or 60% scholarship, you're still paying 17, 16 grand USD uh, to go there. So 
if you are that person and you're sitting there thinking, crap, I've got a 2.5 out of four, like I'm, I'm not that strong student. There's other pathways, as Ali said, there's junior college that you can go to, which is a community college for two years, and then you cross credit to a four-year school for your last two years. Um, and Rio did that, and he's going to walk out with a business degree from Boise State, which is accredited by Harvard. Yeah, I mean, we brought him in on a big academic scholarship, and <laughs> he missed the deadline. I mean, that guy, he missed a deadline. We had to petition to get the deadline reevaluated for him. And, I mean, that was the reason we brought him in the fall. Remember, we're going to bring him in the spring because he had to miss the deadline, so we're going to bring him in the spring deadline. But he petitioned because his academics were so good and he wrote such a great essay. He won the petition, was able to come on the fall. I believe he got about 45% academic and only 35% athletic. And it was less than what he wanted to pay. So it worked out great for him in that sense. But yeah, academics are so important, man, especially on the men's side. Oh, for sure. For sure. Another question I got here. I've got an athlete that messaged me. His name's Charlie. Great kid from Wellington. Good soccer player. And he said to me, you know, is it important having leadership positions in high school? Like, should we go for, you know, the, the head of the student body council or go, you know, for group leader or prefect in high school? Do those things stand out to you, Ali, when you were? Yeah, way, I think, I think way more now than they used to, to be honest with you. Um, I was a student body vice president out of high school. Here we go. And that was kind of like looked at. It was pretty cool. But nowadays, you know, you want leaders, especially when you get into the eight hour weeks in division one and you don't have the full 20 hour, even 20 hours is not enough to practice. You need leaders that can get the team together and do training or stay out of trouble. But when you're in those eight hour weeks, it's so important to have the right captains and the right leaders leading the team because in an eight hour week, you're only getting four hours of proper practice. The other four hours is gym conditioning. You have to be out of that sport. So four hours is nothing of tennis per week when you're training. So having those proper leaders to know, hey, you know, you trust them that they're going to get things done. And when I was at Boise State, we were blessed to have the most incredible captains that, you know, hey, this needs to be done. Stay out of trouble when we're traveling. You know, it, it was incredible. I would go back and pay more money to have better leaders and do it the right way when I was first starting as a college coach and not understanding that I was very, very lucky that at Boise state with Christian that we brought in so many incredible leaders that led the way the proper way. And that was because Christian had done it for so many years and knew what the importance was to bring in the proper guys. I guess as a college coach, there is a lot of risk when you're trying to recruit an athlete, you know, you don't want to get an athlete that, it's just a great competitor, but might not have other qualities. So you're never going to be at a disadvantage by having the most amazing CV. If you work in charity events, if you are a leader at your school and a leader isn't selected overnight, I mean, a leader is someone that is elected by all of the teachers and the headmaster of the school. There's a reason why they've picked them. And when a coach is looking at all these different recruits and they see one that's good at their sport, good grades, good references, and they've got leadership opportunities, they're not going to look at that as a bad thing. <laughs> they're going to say, that's great. That's exactly what we want. That's going to fit into our culture. That's validation. Let's go. 100%. We've had players that walked in and were leaders from day one. We also had players that, you know, we looked at and said, hey, this guy can be a leader. So we put them under the captain's wings, essentially, and said, hey, start teaching them how to become a leader. You can, and we talked to the kid. We said, hey, this is our plan. In two years, we want you to be a captain. 
So start going through these processes, learn what to do, look at what the captains do. So you don't have to be a born a leader. Obviously, there are ones that you and I know that you look at from day one, you're like, that's a born leader. You can really grow into being an incredible leader if you do it the right way and learn from the right people. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love that, man. Uh, second to last thing. So we're going to talk now about where athletes go wrong in college. And then we're going to talk about the college landscape and how it's completely shifted in the last three years. Um, let's talk about where people go wrong at university. So let's say Jimmy gets a deal at a university. He signs his national letter of intent. Away he goes. Where are the things that can go wrong for Jimmy? What are the things that he needs to be careful of so we can tell everyone very clearly to prevent any issues in the, in the future? Um, I love my boy Rio. I don't want to throw him under the bus, but Rio, I'm going to throw you under the bus for a minute here. Show up five, 10 minutes early to everything, please. Stop running into the door 30 seconds or a minute before meetings, practices, all that stuff. I think for most coaches, that's the number one thing. We, we get anxious, we get nervous, you know, especially with internationals. We always think the worst happens. So practice is at three, it's 2.58. We don't see, you know, player X and we're like, oh my God, did he get in trouble? Did, you know, something happen? Is he hurt? Is he not feeling well? So that's the number one thing. Over-communicate with your coaches. They're like, tell them everything. You know, that's what we did such a great job with, I believe, is that we always knew where our players were academically, health-wise. Uh, our doors were open so they would come and eat with us and talk to us about their family lives if there was anything going on that you know they needed help with that was not tennis related we love that that was really really good for us to have that inside with them um so that's the one thing is timing and then being open with your coaches and communicating one and two i think are just so important to have a proper relationship with the coaches those two for us was one and two don't join any social clubs, guys. Don't join <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the sororities and the frats. Um, stay away. Stay they, away. <laughs> they, especially if you're an athlete. I, I mean, they say it's for business, but it's not for business. It's yeah. more for getting in trouble, honestly. It's like, you know, the, the, the saying at Boise State is that there's a social, academic, and athletic. You're only going to be successful in two out of those three you get to choose those two out of three. Um, and we obviously want our academic and athletics as our students to be the most. But when you choose social, one is always going to get hurt, whether it's your academic or athletics. And sometimes both get hurt. It ends up being bad grades and being a bad student athlete. So st stay away from getting in trouble. You know, um, my, my dad and my grandpa always said nothing good happens after midnight. And they're very, very right. Uh, but that's the best advice I can give those kids. It's, you know, with just make sure you're at home and you're studying and you're being a good student athlete and things will go the right way. I love that. Nothing, nothing good happens after midnight. Nothing goes happen after midnight, man. That's awesome. Um, another thing. So I, I spoke to a college coach. I'm not going to name what sport this is and which coach I spoke to, obviously. Uh, but I spoke to this coach and he's not, he's not playing my athlete. And my athlete calls me and vented some frustration to me. This is part of me looking after my kids when they're in college, right? This guy's been there for a year now. And the coach, I called the coach and I was like, hey, coach, how's it going? I just wanted to check in on my athlete and see how he's doing. You know, we haven't heard from him, but what's happening? Are you playing him? <laughs> and the guy goes, um, 
look, man, um, 50% of the reason is because of the level. Like he's got the level there to play at, at our level that we currently compete in. But uh, one day he's on fire. He's training really hard. He's there. He's present. He's focused. The next day he slept through his alarm. He's running into practice. Um, at practice, he's lethargic. He's joking around. The third day, he is not happy with the way that he is performing in the sport and he throws a tantrum and acts out. And I was like, okay. And he goes, on top of that, if he isn't selected for a tie on the weekend, instead of supporting the team, he does the complete opposite and pretty much just disengages from the team culture. We're not going to give people opportunities like that. So if you're listening to this, once you sign that deal, it does not guarantee you a spot in the team. You're going to have to earn it. And every day, every day. And it that's does not right? for the work. For sure. You have to earn that spot every single day. You know, um, this is what we tell recruits when they come in. Our job as coaches is to out-recruit you every day and bring in a better player, better player, better player. Your job as a student athlete is to get better every day, better every day, better every day, and don't allow us to out-recruit you so it's, it's you know it's a tug of war but a college coach's job is that to out recruit you and bring in a better player and your job is to not allow that to happen and to keep performing and getting better and getting better and developing absolutely can't agree more man that's awesome last one last one is the big one the college landscape in 2022 february ali where are we at how hard is it to get scholarships in 2022 yeah i mean obviously covid and having that extra year and so many universities bringing back fifth players can you explain now, can you can you explain that extra year yeah, so, it's new to this that won't know anything about it yeah when covid hit in 2019 a lot of universities um you know that year didn't count <laughs> um some universities even in 2020 because they didn't compete like they canceled their seasons that season didn't count so you have so many uh, student athletes now that are five year or six years at a university, but actually playing their third or fourth years because of COVID and having that extra season. So um, you're getting such a bigger pool of student athletes and the coaches now really have their pick at the litter, who they want, when they want, how much they want to offer. Do they want to give out a one year? Do they want to give out a four year? I mean, four year contracts are now, especially for tennis, unheard of. You're just not going to see a four-year offer. It's almost always going to be a one-year offer. You better go there and perform academically and athletically and hope that they bring you back for a second year. So COVID has really changed the landscape. And, you know, this pandemic is obviously, especially with the people from New Zealand and Australia, can tell you how hard it has been to get in and out of the country. Um, Travel has been harder for us with athletics and fundraising has gone down. You know, it's, it's really, it's, it's a different game than it was in 2017 or 2018. So as a student coming in, you really got to make sure that obviously you have the good academics, you have the good athletics, and you're being reasonable with where you want to go, where you want to end up and what you want to pay. Um, obviously, you know me, and I've never been one to BS or uh, sugarcoat anything if I tell you this is where I think your level is this is what I think you're going to pay that's what you're going to pay and that's something again I've always loved with you and platform it's there's no sugarcoating it's we're not here to hurt feelings but we're also not here to oversell and make it a miserable experience for you 
We're going to be honest with you. We're going to get you to the right program and make sure that you enjoy that process and you enjoy that experience. But, you know, with, with 2022 and where we are, it's, it's a lot harder to do it on your own than it was. There are so many more programs out there now that are luckily coming back slowly, whether they're getting their full funding or there are some universities that are bringing tennis back on the men's side or on the women's side. So it's good to see we're going towards the right way. But to me, it's probably another two years until 2024 is probably where we get back to where it was in 2017, hopefully. So it's still another couple of years of really for us as agencies, trying to get the players into the right place with the right scholarship and not having to worry about transferring them out to somewhere new. Uh, to give parents another look at this, back in the day, pre-COVID, you had two different athletes that the coaches like Ali could recruit. You could get freshmen that are seniors out of high school, coming out of high school, starting college right away. And then you've got transfers going from one university to another. Now there's three. So you've got transfers. You've got athletes like you guys, like the ones that are listening to this that want to go to the States after high school. And then you've got athletes coming back for the extra year and they can also go to another university and do their grad program and do their masters and all or get that. another degree. Yeah. Get a second degree. Exactly. It's crazy. So you've got an portal. And since the portal came in in 2018, um, it's, I mean, it's a wild, wild west. Because when there was no portal, like you had to have a relationship with the coach. A coach would call you, hey, this player wants to transfer out. Are you interested? Now you go in the portal, everyone sees it. Everyone can move out. So there is so much more movement, which also as the college coach side makes it so much tougher, you know, for them to make sure that they bring in the right one. They make sure it's the right student athlete that fits their culture and what they want. So for the agency is way, way, way harder now. Um, you think, sorry, you think that the portal, it helps, but for us as agents, it makes it even tougher because now we got to make sure not only the coach is happy, but also the player is happy. So it makes it a lot easier for both sides to separate now. Um, and you see it, there's so many more kids transferring now than they did in 2017 and 16. Yeah. I guess people looking at this as a four year plan, maybe back then, the needle, like, because there was so many college programs and there was less athletes, so it's easier to get opportunities. Now, what you've got is you've got an increase in athletes going to college, and then you've and also got a decrease in programs because there's so many schools that lost sports due to COVID, due to budget cuts. There's Akron Men's Golf. The coach, David, actually works with us now, but he lost his job. Now, he didn't just lose his job. There's about 10 Division One athletes that needed to find new homes. Then you've got other schools like Winthrop University, you know. I know Josh Collins there, great guy that ran the men's tennis program. They lost their uh, men's tennis program at Winthrop University uh, and their women's tennis program as well. And so you've got 20 athletes in Division One looking to find other programs, not just athletes coming out of high school. So you've got so many athletes that you're competing with, which is why you got to nail those grades. You have to make sure you're getting leadership positions. You're getting good references. You've got to make sure that people are willing to put their names on the line for you. You're not posting dumb things on social media. You're putting things there that will give you a recruiting edge over others, whether it's a training video, you running up a sand dune, you know, running with a cable behind you with a tire dragging along, anything like that, you know, that stuff is going to help you. If you are not doing that, you're going to make it life very hard and you're going to limit opportunities. The better your CV, the more doors that can open. Okay. So if you're two years out from graduating high school, 
this is really, really important to know. You need to start working on this now. Like we start working with athletes that are, you know, 2025, 2024 athletes that are going to college those years. We'll put plans in place that are exactly what to do. And they're going to go out and nail every areas off their CV. And so if you're considering going to college, start thinking about this earlier before you could leave it last minute. Now you can't because it's so much more competitive. Wouldn't you agree, mate? Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's, it's just a different beast. It's an absolute different game now for everyone, for coaches, for student athletes, and especially for the agencies. I remember you called me and it was like COVID times was happening. You're like, I'm, I, I've got to tell you something. I've just heard this news about um, athletes getting an extra year. And I, my, my response to you when I was on the phone, he was, man, that's awesome. Like my athletes can do a postgrad. You're like, no, Amrit, you don't realize your job is going to become harder because when Rio finishes Boise State, the coach can be like, you know what? You've been great for two years. Come back for another year. We don't want you to transfer or graduate. Come to your postgraduate degree on us and play for an extra year. And people are using it. They're using it all the time. Yeah, and what they're doing now with one last thing with the two-year master's program because most universities are two years and a guy has a year of eligibility, the second year they give him a manager position. They say, hey, come be a team manager, whether you're stringing or you're hitting with the guys. So now you're getting that second year also with a manager scholarship. And, you know, it's <laughs> there's just so many new tools now to keep student athletes there longer. Um, like I said, 2025, hopefully 24 is when this cycle will be done and we can kind of get towards that being the norm again. Absolutely. So take home message from us, guys. I know we covered a lot of content every time me and Ali get on a call, we just go for it. Um, but just things that you got to take away. Grades are really important. Leadership opportunities are important. Don't do anything dumb when you're at university in the States. Make sure that you're not just feeling like protected with the scholarship deal that you're getting. You know, you're going to be held accountable. It is a one-year deal. In the States, it's very rare to get a four-year contract. They do happen, but it's very rare. Um, so if that's not you and you haven't got a four-year contract, make sure your, your attitude and trainings are good. You're, you're about team culture. You're putting them first. You're not getting in trouble. You're not joining any social clubs and drinking and partying under the age of 21 or doing any of that sort of stuff to stay clear. And also you want to make sure that when you are looking at a recruitment agency like us, contact athletes that they've worked with, that they've placed, find out, you know, how they operate. We're open book. We give free consultations to everyone. So if you're watching this and you're interested in going to college, send me a message on Instagram. If you're a tennis player, we can get you on a call with Ali um, or myself. If you're any other sport, you know, we'll put you in touch with the right people. You can give me a call. Um, I'm more than happy to give my time to any athletes that are interested. There's no charge for that. It's just a general chat. And then if you want to sign the contract and come on board, we get working right away and we can help you meet your college goals. But yeah, we, we're no bullshit. We're very black and white. We're very transparent. Um, As we're wearing black shirts sitting with white backgrounds. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, mate, stitch the logo out. It looks nice, yeah. <laughs> hey, said some this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta send you some, man. Absolutely. But Ali, you're an absolute legend, bro. I'm so lucky to have you on our recruitment team. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for letting me join. And guys, just remember it is the coach's market right now for whatever sport you are. It is a coach's market. So the better the resume we can put together for you guys, the more realistic you are with where you want to go and how much you want to spend makes it a lot easier. But it is absolutely a coach's market right now. Absolutely. Thank you for guys. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for watching. We hope you guys pulled some good information out of this. And uh, we'll be posting a lot more content coming out soon. So again, thanks, my brother.
You're a legend, bro. Awesome, brother. Take care, man. Let's get it.